Well, the writer of that song sounds like he had experience being on the ocean in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> and had probably had some experience with some rough weather storms. And uh, I guess that has been on our minds this week with the recent hurricane that came ashore on the western side, southern side of Florida. Just horrible. The, the images I've been seeing, and I know a few folks down there, I've been calling them. And, and I could call them before the storm, and I could tell there was a little bit of fear in their voices when they were talking to me. One lived in, or lives in Tampa, and then he talked about his friends down in Naples, which really got messed up. But, um, but that anchor is Jesus. Um, uh, he is a sure foundation in our life. When the storms of life come, and they will come, and sometimes unexpectedly, Jesus Christ is the anchor. He is our foundation. So um, I am encouraged to serve the Lord, and it's so good to see everyone here. I just want you all to know I love everybody that I see. I love everybody here tonight or this morning. Um, I like to think about heaven. Um, We have a song, Heaven Now is in View. I'm a child of the king, a millionaire too. Clouds are lifted above, light is shown through. Praise the wonderful dove, heaven now is in view. We talk about heaven a lot here in these, these walls. Um, heaven, um, I, I, the world throughout talks about heaven. People die, they go to heaven. Um, the word hell is not mentioned much. Um, it's not. I'm afraid it's not mentioned much in these four walls either like it should be. Um, I don't like saying the word. I grew up, couldn't say that word. It's called the bad place. The regions below. But Jesus called it hell. Um, and he actually, yeah, he mentioned it more times than heaven, if you read the, the words of Jesus. Um, Fifth chapter of Second Corinthians, I'll read one verse. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one, that doesn't leave anybody out, everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether they be good or bad. It makes you squirm in your seat when you, when you read that. If you don't understand, it kind of makes your toes come up in your shoes a little bit. It makes you start thinking about the day of judgment. And these are some words of Jesus in Matthew. Not to be taken lightly. Meek and mild Jesus. But what does he say? But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak... They shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. Jesus Christ said that. Those are tough, aren't they? Hard to hear. This is St. Mark, the ninth chapter, words of Jesus. I love to think about heaven. I love to think about it. Um, you know, the, there is a verse in the Bible that says, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What if you turned that around and said, 
things prepared for them that don't love him. This is in the ninth chapter of St. Mark. I'll read a few verses. And whatsoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth, I'm sorry, and whosoever, sorry, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. Meek and mild and lowly Jesus saying these words. Do y'all know what a millstone is? Back in the olden days, that's the way they would make flour and grits and grain and just all kinds of things. They would put the material between millstones, which were very heavy, and there would be a, a big horse or a mule. Only they could turn that that millstone. It would grind up. And then some rivers would have, um, I love to see old mills where you see the, the, the paddle and turning all the pulleys and everything in it. Eventually goes to a millstone and they grind up flour. We were in the last year in Pigeon Forge, and it's a place called the Old Mill Restaurant where they have a restaurant around this old mill and they still make flour and grits, and we bought some, and it's great, whatever. But they have these millstones displayed outside, and they are massive and they are heavy. And Jesus says, if you offend one of these little ones, it would be better for you, better for you that it were hanged around your neck and you were thrown in the water. I couldn't swim if you were just to tie a little brick around my neck. I couldn't come up for air. So who are these little ones? When I think about that, I think about young people. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. Young people, Yes. But little ones, people that are new to the faith, people that want to serve the Lord, people that are inquisitive, people that are unborn and have a heart that want to serve the Lord. What did Jesus say in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. All those those characteristics of people. I think that's what he's talking about. This is a message for leaders for ministers, for Sunday school teachers, for members of the congregation, for all of us. All of us. It makes me really look inside my heart. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. What about this next one? 43rd. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. That's harsh. If your hand offends thee, cut it off. Then he'll say why here in a minute. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. I would rather be maimed in heaven than have all of my facilities in hell. How about you? That's what he's saying. If our hand offend thee, cut it off. Then he says, where the worm dieth not. Hell is real. Did you know a worm is parasitic 
It's a parasite. It has to have a host. If it don't have a host, you don't have a worm. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. If thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. Get rid of it. For it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Meek and mild and lowly Jesus. Can you imagine him saying these things? He did. People just don't read them. They, they slide by it. They skip to the next chapter and want to read about the meek shall inherit the earth. They want to read about, you know, I'm the comforter, which is good. Good things to read. But don't skip this part. These are the words of Jesus, and I'll read the words of Paul here. And he uses the word mortify, and we'll, we'll read what that means. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members. What does mortify mean? It means to cut off. Get rid of it. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon earth. Fornication. I won't tell you what that is, but I think everybody in the house knows what that is. Uncleanness. Makes you shift around a little bit when you start reading that one now. Uncleanness, what does that mean? Things that are not clean. Inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence. And covetousness, which is idolatry. If you don't cut these things off, guess what it says next? For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. People say hell is just, well, that's the absence of God. That is not true. Did you know the word of God says, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there? People are in hell today and Jesus is there and his wrath is there. His fire is there. His torment is there. There's no time for mercy. There's no time for grace. It's over. It's final. All of us today, we will be somewhere 100 years from now. And it will not be in this building. 100 years from now, you will be somewhere. That makes me squirm in my shoes. Where am I going to be? You will be here in heaven. Or you will be in hell. Yeah, that's the beautiful part. 
that choice. Thank you for reminding me of that. It's up to me. That's freeing to me. That's freedom. I can choose. But it's something to think about. A hundred years from now, where will you be? In the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. That sounds like past tense, don't it? Mm -hmm. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. (laughs) Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in and all. Everybody. When he went to the cross, he hung on the cross for everybody. No matter where you come from, who your mom and dad are, it doesn't matter. But how about this? Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, as people of God, this is what you should do. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. This is a good chapter. I'll read the rest of it. Let the word of Christ dwelleth in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I won't read it all, but it's beautiful. What a contrast. Is there a contrast between heaven and hell? Is there a contrast between a life of sin and a life of holiness? Yes. We can't have one foot on the stand and one foot out here in the world. You can't do that. You can't flirt with the world and be a child of king. You can't do it. There is a story in the Bible in the Old Testament of Noah. It's an amazing story, him building this boat with specific instructions. It's going to know it. It's going to rain. I want you to build this boat. Never rained on the earth. And I'm, I'm Noah. I'm going. Hmm. It's going to take how long to build this? How much labor? I can't imagine how Noah felt. Build this boat. I don't know how long that, that boat was. I believe it was 500 feet long. You Bible scholars correct me, but it was a massive craft. It took years to build. People were making fun of Noah, and I would have probably been with those folks too. What are you doing? But it started raining. It started raining, guys. And the water started rising. 
And the people started saying, Noah wasn't crazy. I want to get on that boat. And the water started rising. What is the most horrific thing? Not the most horrific, but one of the most horrific things of the story is that that door coming up and shutting. Those people are jumping on the side of it. They're clawing at it. It's raining, folks. The waters are rising. Where will you be a hundred years from now? Heaven or hell? It's your choice. We don't say it enough. We don't preach it enough. We gloss over it. God is loving. Yes, He is. His grace and mercy are wonderful. A sanctified life is wonderful. But the alternative is hell. The alternative is hell. Where the worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. You have opportunity today. Have you ever thought about that? Where am I going? Does it ever cross your mind? I don't think it crosses people's mind. Go to work, go in the office. 100 people there. Everybody's in their cubicle working away. Think about it. They should. How shall they hear if they don't have a preacher? Romans. Apostle Paul said that. So do we feel the burden to tell people? Do you really understand that what happens if they're not sanctified, what happens to them? It's your responsibility to tell them. It's mine. It's responsible to live that life in front of them too. You can't just tell them. You've got to show them. Don't tell them. Show them. Make them excited about it if you can. <clears throat> we have an opportunity this morning to... And it's, just, it's not here all the time. I mean, we're just here a very small time. Just a few minutes and we're gone about our day. But there's opportunity to seek the Lord when you get home. Um, on your bed at night, whether you're out walking or you're driving in your car, or you're, when you first wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor, there's time right now. It's time to start praying. And I would, if I were you, I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying if I were you and you don't know the Lord, I would start reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start reading those books. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there. And before you read, say, Lord, help me. Just say that. Do you know he is at the right hand of the throne of God right now making intercession for you? That's where he is. Lord, help me. What does it mean when it says, I will not leave you comfortless? I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live you shall live also. Ask him what that means. There's just hundreds of things like that in the Word. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, you can start just reading and start inquiring of God. What does that mean, Lord? What does that mean to me? And start thanking him for for things. Thank you for this. Thank you that I'm able to get up this morning. Thank you that I got both my hands and both my feet and both my eyes. Thank you for your family. 
Start communicating with him. That's a start, right? You don't have to be here. Now, we would love for you to come and we would love for you to pray with you. And we would love for you to be in our fellowship. That is not required by God. He wants your heart. He wants you. He wants all of you. So, this morning, those were the things that were on my mind. Um, it's raining. The flood is coming. And that door someday, someday will be shut. You know what the kicker is? You don't know when, really. I don't know when that door is going to be shut on, my, on me. Janice, do you know about you? You don't know. You don't know when he's coming. It's like a thief in the night. That's why you should be urgent about serving the Lord. Because hell is forever. And you've been there a hundred years, you'll be a hundred more. And a hundred more. And a hundred more. Feeling the wrath of God. No comfort. Nothing to get rid of the pain and the suffering. Torment. I'm speaking on the authority of where's God. Let's everyone stand and come up for prayer.